It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Touchdown, Los Angeles. You are Locked On Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Rams Nation. What's happening? What's good? It's your boy Bear Motter of Rams Podcast, but this is Lockdown Rams. Wednesday edition of Lockdown Rams is brought to you by Built Bar, the best protein bar out there. Don't just take my word for it. Head over to BuiltBar.com, enter the promo code LOCKDOWN. You get $10 off your first box. There's 18 bars in a box. Mint chocolate cream is by far my favorite. Make sure you throw a couple of those in there. You won't be disappointed, but head over to BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCKDOWN for $10 off. Awesome show today. We've got Louis Diabasi from Lockdown Eagles with us. We're going to be chatting some Eagles, some Rams, week two. We're going to be talking about the quarterbacks, Wentz and Goff, and how they're going to be attached together for basically their whole career. So I'm really excited about that conversation. We'll get to that in just a minute. Guys, don't forget, you can find us on social media, Lockdown Rams, all accounts, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LA underscore Rambling Bear is myself on Twitter. As for the show, you can find us on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Himalaya, anywhere, Stitcher, you name it, we're there. Let us know how we're doing. Leave a review. Always appreciate hearing from you guys. Before we get to that conversation with Lockdown Eagles, a couple interesting things that have happened over the past eh, 24, 48 hours. One of them being Cooper Cup switching his number from 18 to 10. He put up a post kind of explaining why and also giving a shout out to Roman Gabriel and saying, hey, number 18 is back to you. And uh, he grew up with the number 10 number and he wanted to get back to that. He was really honored to wear 18. But when he got here, 10 wasn't available. But it is now and he's going back to it. Also, in the number exchange world, you're seeing Josh Reynolds come off of his double-digit 80 number and come down to the number 11. So we now have a 10, 11, and 12 as Van Jefferson is taking the number 12. And then, of course, Mr. Bobby Woods holding down that 1-7. So you got to love the wide receiver group, some fun numbers, and some fun jerseys. I don't know. We'll find out. Uh, that's the other little piece of news that's kind of fun, and it's maybe a little internet, social media Uh, hearsay, but Jared Goff was on a Twitch account and he was playing some video games with, I think it was with Alex Bregman of the Houston Astros. Uh, And he, and he asked Jared Goff, Hey man, when, when are these jerseys dropping? And it, it was funny because he sounded like a kid just playing video games and someone just asked him a question and he just shot from the hip and he said, tomorrow. We're releasing them tomorrow. And then he quick kind of said after that, oh, sometime this week, sometime this week. So be on the lookout as you're listening. The Rams might drop their jerseys today. Uh, We'll be talking about them tomorrow or whenever uh, they do because it is the much-anticipated jersey release. There's leaks out there of what they're going to look like and have the gradient numbers from yellow to white, from top to bottom. They've talked about this bone white, kind of this bone gray uh, away jersey. Blue face masks, horns on the helmets. There's still a lot of question marks about what it's going to look like, but Jared Goff is telling us tomorrow is the day. And when I say tomorrow, I mean today, Wednesday, being what you guys are listening to right now. So we'll see if that's true or if Jared Goff was just really not paying attention, just said, yeah, tomorrow. Uh, But pretty interesting stuff there. 
We'll see if any of that holds some truth, and we'll talk about it here on the podcast over the next couple of days. Speaking over the next couple of days, we've got Locked On Redskins coming up tomorrow for you guys. We're going to be having a crossover, talking about what is going on over there in that division for them, where they fit in, and, and what's that game going to be like when the Rams travel over to Washington early in the season, one of the many East Coast trips for the Rams at the beginning of the season. But for today, it's Louie of Locked On Eagles. We're going to get to that conversation here in just a second. He'll be the one opening us up. We'll be talking about Rams right out the gate, a little bit of Jared Goff, Carson Wentz, and then we'll get into the Eagles, how they've retooled, and how that matchup's going to look like in week two. So without further ado, here's my conversation I had with Louie Diabasi of Locked On Eagles. All right, Eagles fans and Rams fans, welcome into another crossover edition of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Louis DiBiase here of Lockdown Eagles alongside Brad Motter of Lockdown Rams. Brad, what's up, man? A long time no talk. The last time we were on together was a crossover in 2018. The Eagles were heading on the road uh, to Los Angeles in a do or die. They're six and seven. Carson Wentz just got put on injured reserve. They had, you know, closed him down for the season. And it was actually live during our show that that happened. So I'm thinking, okay, the season's over at that point. And then, you know, the Eagles get that big win. They go on this crazy run. And here we are a couple years later. And uh, these two teams, I mean, while I, I think they're both still atop the NFC, like they're both going to be premier playoff contenders in 2020, a lot of things have changed, my friend. Oh, wow. I'm glad you brought that up because I remember posting the show and I used the image of him walking off the field with a towel over his head. Yeah. And that was, and it was, it was live on the show when we found out about that. And that is crazy. And then speaking to that also, you know, we got the two number one, number two picks in that 2016 draft. And it's always fun to talk to you guys because you kind of get to look at the progression of those two careers as they are going to be compared forever uh, together as they go throughout their careers here. But awesome. I always love talking about it. And you're right. This is a completely different teams on both sides. And really, every time these two teams get together, it's always a good game. It's always meaningful, this time early in the season. Uh, so really excited to talk about this one. Yeah, it is crazy. And Brad, actually, today's What If podcast episode on Lockdown Eagles is, what if the Rams took Carson Wentz instead of Jared Goff? And how, how would that ripple effect you know, impact the Eagles future. Like if they took Jared Goff at second overall, and I was also talking about what if the Eagles didn't move up at all. So these two teams are kind of linked. I mean, both teams have been kind of on the same timeline. They both decided to trade up for Goff and Wentz at the same time in the 2016 NFL draft at first overall, second overall, you know, they sent, they sent a lot of draft picks over to the Tennessee Titans and the Cleveland Browns. You know, they both make that jump in 2017. The Eagles win the Super Bowl. The Rams get to the playoffs. Then the next year, the Rams get to the Super Bowl. They couldn't quite pull it off uh, like Philly did the year before, but it's really interesting. These two teams on very similar paths, very good offensive minded coaches. I think Doug Peterson and Sean McVay are two of the best in the NFL. And then I don't know, you're kind of seeing a bit of a retooling by both teams this offseason in that second year after they paid their quarterbacks. Jared Goff has the most guaranteed money uh, in the NFL right now, and Carson Wentz is number two. So, Brad, it's like really interesting. These two teams, like timeline wise, it's um, it's it's pretty on par. Yeah, and I can't wait to go back tomorrow as we're recording this tonight and check out your first couple segments talking about the what if of, of Jared Goff. It's interesting. Uh, because <laughs> that's something we've talked about a ton of times over here. And when we were leading up to this, going back all the way to 2016, I was a big Wentz guy. I was pulling for Wentz, Wentz, right. Wentz. And as we got closer, you started to realize it was going to be Jared Goff. And then the big day came. Uh, and that is our franchise quarterback. So, uh, you know, I, I go back to that conversation many a times. And, and it is tough because both have had so many different 
pathways of their career so far with injuries and uh, both getting to the Super Bowl and, you know, just kind of how both have uh, gone over their short career here in the NFL. And I think either organization would be blessed to have one of those quarterbacks. Either one, it's not where you see a overlining bust of, you know, one of the two, which is nice. That was always the thing. I don't want to get to where Carson Wentz is an MVP four or five years in a row and the Rams are going, man, we really missed on that one. Right now, you know, you could make an argument for both sides that they're kind of on a pathway, both similar, uh, have had some really good success, but have had some downs at the same time. Yeah, I mean, with Wentz, it's been the injuries. With Goff, I mean, last year, up and down play after the new contract. And I don't know, for me, again, I I was kind of like you, Brad. Some Eagles fans were cool with no matter what, Goff or Wentz, I'm fine with it. I was kind of Wentz or bust, so I'm happy the way it turned out. Obviously, I would kill for Wentz to have the playoff experience that Goff has. I mean, the the run that Goff helped the Rams go on in 2018, like I want that so bad for Wentz, and that's why it was so tough to see him get taken out of that wild card game by Jadavion Clowney and the Seattle Seahawks. But uh, again, just, yeah, really interesting. These two teams are always going to be compared as long as Jared Goff and Carson Wentz are their quarterbacks. That's how, you know, the one-two uh, – quarterback drafts kind of go right Jameis Winston Marcus Mariota um I don't know why but you know I'm thinking Peyton Manning Ryan Leaf uh, right. Couch and McNabb you know it's just the way it works let me ask you about golf though uh, Brad that was the big thing I wanted to know you know based on what happened last year the Rams not making the playoffs after making the Super Bowl the year before then this offseason like they have the retooling they move on from Todd Gurley Brandon Cooks first I guess my first question what happened in 2019 with golf and just the team in general and then how are you feeling about the decisions they made on the offensive offensive side of the football this offseason? Yeah, I mean, Jared Goff, I mean, it's it's no secret, had a down year last year big time. And, and if you look back to just, you know, a quick view of his career, 2016, uh, really didn't get action till the last seven games of the NFL season. Jeff Fisher was fired three games into that. Uh, never really had a chance to develop. Then in the year he comes back after that, wins 11 games under Sean McVay. You start to see uh, the deep ball that he has, the able to kind of move the football and control that offense. 2018 comes back, uh, killer season. You talk about that playoff run that he had. Uh, but still people a lot doubting him because so much of it was done through the ground with Todd Gurley, uh, and he was more of a facilitator. And then here last year, offensive line, you know, so many struggles there with injuries and uh, mixing up different guys there. He was used to you know, the same five guys for the last two seasons and being really, really good as well as having that ground game. Todd Gurley, the whole speculation and talk about the knee. And then you can tell the way that Sean McVay kind of game planned and kind of stayed away from him and didn't really feed him the rock like he did the past two seasons. So I think this last year it was really just um, really leaned heavily on uh, Jared Goff to get it done with not a lot of those weapons, right? Not committing to running the football, not having an offensive line that you could just tell when he dropped back. He had these happy feet for like the first half of the season because he was just expecting pressure on every play. Play action was no longer his strong suit. He went from one of the best in the league in 17 and 18 to one of the worst in the league in 2019. So it was just kind of a mess to, to start with. That's why I'm really excited for him to be able to reset this year. Again, I think it's a big prove-it year for him coming up in this season because then you did go out and spend high draft picks on Cam Akers and Van Jefferson. You still got Robert Woods and Cooper Cup. Andrew Whitworth came back there's still some question marks about that offensive line but they kind of are looking back at him say hey we retooled pretty well we kept a lot of the core uh that's important to you and now it's now back up to you to get it done I think the problem for him is he's not the quarterback that you're going to look and say hey I need to throw 45 times 
he was asked to do that a few too many times in 2019. I think if they can get back to a good mix of utilizing the ground game, not having him throw over 40 times, he's just not that quarterback that, that you can look to and say, everyone's hurt. Uh, no one is there for you, and you're going to have to go win this game. He's a facilitator. He's the the Magic Johnson of the offense, right? He's going to get it going and move and get other people involved. Right. So I think it's getting back to that, and it starts with the ground game, and hopefully with Cam Akers and Daryl Henderson, those two young guys, come in and help them out on the ground. Well, that's what I was going to ask you next, Brad, is that, you know, you give Goff that big contract and you're not always guaranteed to have, you know, Todd Gurley in his prime on your offense or, you know, Brandon Cooks and Cooper Cup and Robert Woods and Sean McVay's offense always working, um, you know, fluidly. Um, I thought we saw that with Carson Wentz last year where he had to deal with so many injuries and regression, you know, around him on offense at wide receiver, at running back. I mean, the guy basically had practice squad players surrounding him uh, during the last month of the season and Wentz still managed to throw seven touchdowns no interceptions in December wins four straight games while it was against the crappy NFC East you know he doesn't have to deal with what the Rams do in the NFC West with the Niners Seahawks and even the Cardinals who I like this year you know like Wentz overcame those obstacles Goff last year struggled with a bad offensive line I don't want to put all the blame on him but like do you think he's a guy in 2020 now you know hopefully that offensive line improves but they don't have Cooks anymore they don't have Todd Gurley you know, if I still think I don't think Sean McVay's offense is suddenly broken. But do you think Goff is a guy that's going to be able to become? I like how what you said about him being like the Magic Johnson, a facilitator. Is he somebody you think though that I don't know with that money is going to be able to carry this team? I actually do, and I think you know maybe okay. it's the Homer glasses. You know, maybe I'm just sticking with my boy at this part. I can't I can't leave him hanging yet. If he does back to back poor seasons, I think it's going to start to really get ugly here in Los Angeles, especially the money that he's getting paid. But I think if you look at the last five games of the Rams, uh, you even look at the completion percentage and the passer rating. That really was close to what he was putting up in that 2019 season when they or the 2018 season when they went to the Super Bowl. Right. He really started to find a groove once Sean McVay went away from the 11 personnel started playing a little bit more 12 added an extra uh, tight end there to help protection and help out those young offensive linemen they started to move them out of the pocket a little bit more which is funny because you don't look at Jared Goff and be like man this guy needs to get out of the pocket throw the football Uh, but he's really accurate outside the pocket and is actually you know pretty nimble on his feet for you know what you think of him as an athlete but I think that's going to be what is going to kind of bring him into this 2020 season is the way he finished and and yes you talked about uh, our tough division and there were a couple really close games down the end even that San Francisco 49ers game that the Rams really you know could have pushed into trying to find a way to make the playoffs and if you look at the way the CBA's structured now they would have made the playoffs last year and then you never know what's going right. to happen when you get a team like the Rams with some playoff experience and some veterans how far they can go especially they're playing pretty hot football they had some disappointments near the end as well in a couple of those games but uh they played the Seahawks really well they played the Niners really well I knew they could compete with that level and Jared Goff I think was starting to click near the end Tyler Higby was one of the best tight ends in football in the last five games uh and and I think that was a big part that hopefully they can bring over this offseason and into 2020 is Sean McVay will start to utilize some of these guys in different ways and also know when to adjust I think it just took too long for Sean McVay to hit the reset button in the middle of the season to try to change something and make Jared Goff kind of look at the field a little differently. So hopefully in 2020, that will be the case. But I think he's got the tools. If you look at the pieces around him, as well as, you know, the Cape Billy, who's the number one draft pick for a reason. I think he can throw the football very well down the field, accurate football. I think it's kind of decision making, getting some protection and starting to feel comfortable. And all of a sudden he starts to click. 
Yeah, really interesting inside insight there uh, from what happened last year. And I really was wondering um, because they were just so like lethal and just consistent in 2018. Um, again, like I said, you lose Todd Gurley, Brandon Cooks. I mean, you guys decided to move on from them more so than you lost them. But who is the replacements for those two who were uh, for that offense over the past couple of years? Um, Locked on Eagles podcast guys myself Gino Camilleri we were big fans of Daryl Henderson and uh, your draft pick this year out of Florida wide receiver Van Jefferson also like you were talking about with Akers are those the three players you're really focusing on to you know replace the the big shoes left by Cooks and Gurley oh yeah big time I mean it's got to be Cam Akers coming in and, and taking a bunch of that load right I mean Todd Gurley walked away with averaging over 200 carries over the past five seasons that's a big hole to fill and right. it's not going to be one guy especially a rookie coming in but you expect him to pee you know as a, as a second round pick, you expect him to be a big time part of that. Daryl Henderson never really got going last year. Some injuries, trying to find his place on the offense, but I think they're really carving out a role for him, uh, especially coming out of the backfield, catching the ball. Two really exciting backs. And they got Malcolm Brown, the veteran, a guy that can be a goal line guy that can come and help protect on third and longs. Uh, so I really like the running back room. It is going to be interesting to see how they really deploy it, but I expect really Cam to be leading that room with Daryl Henderson. But then again, Sean McVay kind of mentioned this offseason. It really depends on who the hot hand is. You know, you saw here in the division with the 49ers, they had three guys. You know, if you had them on any of your fantasy teams, one week you're like, heck yeah, one week they have .2 points because the, everyone else got the ball. So it could be a little bit of that as well. And then on, on as far as wide receivers, you know, Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, those guys definitely are going to be leaned on heavy. Josh Reynolds is going to have his opportunity to be that third wide receiver. But Van Jefferson coming in, so much talk about him really being a blend of Robert Woods and Cooper Cup. So I love his route running. That's going to help Jared Goff as long as as far as getting open. Um, and then the speed, he can kind of, I mean, he's not Brandon Cooks fast, but he was the fastest guy out at the Senior Bowl that was being tracked with pads. So, you know, he can get down the field and, and burn some guys. So I'm really excited about Van Jefferson stepping in. I think it's going to be Josh Reynolds getting the first crack at that wide receiver three, but I don't think it's going to take mm-hmm. long for Van to potentially pass him and really contribute in that offense year one. The Philadelphia Eagles and Los Angeles Rams take each other on, what is it, Brad, week three this year, right? Week two. It's your home opener. It's our first oh, game on the road. Yeah. 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 Yes, and then the Eagles take on at Cincinnati uh, week three. So they have a rematch from their they, – they, the Eagles and Rams have played some big games over the past three years, 2017, obviously, which is a tough game for Eagles fans to remember is Wentz, you know, Torrey's ACL in that game. And then in 2018, though, that win helped spark a run. So the Eagles are 2-0 and against your Rams over the past couple of years. Brad, and we'll see what happens in 2020. Yeah, those are going to be really good games. And yeah, both on the road. So maybe it's payback time to come out to Philadelphia and give a little taste of your own medicine and win one on the road would be nice for Los Angeles to get kind of back even in this series. Uh, But what we're going to do next is we're going to step aside, take a quick break. We're going to come back. I'm going to flip the script. We're going to learn a little bit more about the Eagles as Louie kind of breaks it down. And we'll talk about this upcoming season and what we can expect when we get to that matchup come week two. But first, before we get over to the next segment, got to talk to you guys about Built Bar, the number one best tasting protein bar that's out there. And yes, that's my opinion, but all you got to do is go try it and I guarantee you are going to put the stamp of approval on it as well. My favorite flavor is the mint chocolate cream, but I'm out. I'm running out. I got to go back and order some more. They went by fast like that. Each box has 18 bars in it. Seven flavors right now, seven with nuts, seven without nuts, as well as they've got some new, as well as they've got the new bonus flavors that just came out. 
chocolate cookie dough as well as mango and peach cobbler. Every time I say that peach cobbler, it sounds so good. Those new flavors are add-ons. Add-ons $9. You get $10 promo code, so you can either get the free add-on or go get it taken off your box. Boxes are $37, brings it down to $27 with the discount. Again, head to BuiltBar.com, enter the promo code LOCKEDON. Don't just take my word for it. These are the best. Go try them yourself. BuiltBar, $10 off when you use the promo code LOCKEDON over at BuiltBar.com. The Suns rise in Orlando, but their playoff hopes set in the West. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network. Despite finishing a perfect 8-0 in the NBA bubble, the Phoenix Suns are leaving without a playoff berth. Check out Locked On Suns today for a postmortem on an amazing run by Devin Booker and company. That's all thanks to tiebreakers and a Karis LeVert jumper that rimmed out, giving the Portland Trail Blazers a win and a meeting with the Memphis Grizzlies in a play-in series for the Western Conference 8th seed. That begins on Saturday. Beginning today, all of the Locked On NBA playoff teams will be previewing the playoffs with special crossover shows. Scout your team and your opponent on the Locked On Podcast Network. Local experts on the biggest stories, it's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, we are back. It's the... Locked On Crossover. I'm Bear Motter of Locked On Rams. And we got Louis DiBiase of Locked On Eagles. Uh, we kind of talked about the Rams in that first segment. And now here we are flipping the script, kind of taking a peek here. And, I, you know, we talked about the Carson Wentz and uh, Jared Goff and, and that mix and match. And I think I got to start with, like, the only place that jumps out at me, especially coming out of this draft. Uh, you, in the first round, you get an amazing wide receiver. Absolutely love the talent. Uh, that you got there and one of those guys that in some of these mocks you were like man I wonder if if Jalen can fall down to this second round the Rams who went with a wide receiver would that have an opportunity not a chance he went in obviously in the top 20 what 21 I think is when you guys took him Uh, but the second round pick is what got all the news right you go out and you get uh, Jalen Hurts to back up Carson Wentz Carson Wentz seems like the QB that could take that unlike maybe Aaron Rodgers with that first round pick you could see maybe that uh, boiling over a little bit but talk to me about the draft pick what your thoughts were and and how you think that's going to gel uh, this coming season yeah so wasn't a fan of it then um, still not a fan of it now and trust me as an Eagles fan, as an Eagles analyst here, and as a fan growing up, no one knows the importance of a backup quarterback more than me. I mean, in the early 2000s with what A.J. Feely did when McNabb went down, Jeff Garcia in 2006 winning five straight games and then a playoff game uh, when Matt McNabb goes down again. Um, Over the last decade, Brad, in playoff games the Eagles have been in, the starter of week one that year has not finished that playoff game. In 2010, Kevin Cobb started the year it was Michael Vick in the playoffs that year 2013 Vick started the year it was Foles 2017 it was Wentz it was Foles again same thing in 2018 and then last year Carson Wentz starts the season Josh McCown finishes it so trust me like I understand that the Eagles won a Super Bowl because their backup quarterback was Nick Foles and it wasn't you know somebody like uh, Josh McCown so I I get the value that this franchise places on the position and with, with Carson Wentz he has not been able to finish the season over the past three years but for me I think a second round pick, like I want a good backup. I just, I would have preferred maybe like what Dallas did with Andy Dalton, because I think that 
like it's clear Andy Dalton is a backup quarterback for you. He's somebody that's proven he can at least win on a certain level. He's played in four playoff games before, like or, or with the talent the Eagles have. I'm in on that. Like I think Jalen Hurts can be a good prospect. It's nothing with him as a player. Just when you have a second round, you know, value on a player that comes with an expectation. I think yeah. that comes also with a distraction, especially with the Philadelphia media and just the national media in general that loves to play this whole Wentz versus that backup quarterback uh, card, right? They've been doing it since 2017. So I don't know. For me, I just don't think he'll ever meet that value. I think it's a cynical way to build your team by taking a quarterback in the second round. It's almost like you're betting against Wentz. And even if you've told Wentz he's the guy and they have, and I think they believe in him long term, I don't think this is a move to replace Wentz. To me, though, the message still, even again, if you're not intending for this to, to be the, what the message is, the message to me with that pick is we don't trust that you're going to stay healthy. And I don't know, with me, all three injuries with Wentz have been different. They've been unique and they've kind of been fluky. So he played all 16 games last year. I don't think it was worth spending a 53rd overall pick on a guy like Jalen Hurts. To me, the only way you ever take a quarterback in the second round is if your starter is 35 years right. old or higher. Or he's like Mitchell Trubisky or Blake Bortles, right? And you just don't believe in him. If you have an elite 27-year-old, for me, even even with the injuries the past couple of years, I'm not making that pick. To me, I just it's really hard to let a guy like, I don't know, Christian Fulton go, LSU cornerback that got taken by the Titans, or you know Willie Gay Jr., Joshua Uche. There were so many good yeah. prospects there that you could have had for a bargain for four years on a cheap contract and then go pay Andy Dalton, you know, three million bucks. Or you had Nate Sudfeld already, who I really like. I just, I don't know, man, even if you try to bring in the, well, they're going to use him in that Taysom Hill role as well. All of it combined and maybe even moving him down the road in a trade, it's not going to meet the value of that 53rd overall pick to me. I just don't think it's worth what this distraction already has become. That was answered very well because you hit a lot of points and talking about Yeah. and you're right. You're talking about, you know, so many different ways they could have approached this, but they love the town of Jalen Hurts and they decided to invest big time and, and some of those stats you kinda of laid on us with, you know, all of those starting the season and who played that playoff game. I mean, you start to understand where their process is with this. Hey, let's get a guy sure. that can come in and do it. But you're totally right. And as you said, a couple of those prospects that were still available, my heart started going a little bit because Josh Uchey was one of my guys that I want the Rams to get as we yeah. went offense one, two in, in our first, you know, two picks. But uh, that's the one thing when you look back and you do these mock drafts and then you see what your team does and it's like, okay, here we are. This is what we're going to do. And, and you get it, but you don't get it. Um, and looking at the rest of the roster and especially we'll stay here on the offense side and you mentioned it in that last segment we were talking is the wide receiver group near the end of the season it was basically hey section 125 row two come in and you're playing wide receiver tonight uh you guys yep. went out and got uh you know the wide receiver in the first round Jalen Rager uh awesome prospect that can be really exciting Deshaun Jackson you hope he's going to come back healthy uh uh Jeffries as well uh coming back w how does that wide receiver group look are you comfortable did you need more there or do you think this group's going to be able to get done um, I personally was somebody that, so a lot of the talk was about Justin Jefferson with the Eagles. I think every mock draft had them getting Justin Jefferson. For me, I was all about adding speed and explosiveness to this offense. I think that's the kind of receiver that Carson Wentz clicks with the best. I mean, I think you saw it week one last year with Deshaun Jackson, the only game he played in, he had 154 yards and two touchdowns. Yeah. I just, I'm so jealous of like, even you guys, I mean, you guys had an explosive offense over the past couple of years. And like the San Francisco 49ers, like just look at the Super Bowl. 
I want to be the Chiefs. I want to have Miko Hardman, T- Tyreek Hill, yeah. and Sammy Watkins out there. Yeah. I think that's where the league is going. The Buffalo Bills, like Stephon Diggs, uh, John Brown, and Cole Beasley. The, the Cowboys with C.D. Lamb and Amari Cooper. And the Eagles have not had that over the past couple of years. They've really been a slow offense. Um, and to me, I just, with Rager, I love that combination of him and Deshaun Jackson. That's going to open up so much for Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard. I don't know how much I believe in the options behind them. I think they need to do more, especially you know down the road. I think they can get by in 2020. I think with the two, the two tight ends you use with 12 personnel, with Goddard, with Ertz, with how good Miles Sanders is in the backfield, if Deshaun Jackson can stay healthy, Rager, Jackson, and then I hope it, I think at least one of this bunch um, of other guys behind them will contribute. I don't know about Alshon Jeffrey if he's even going to be on the team, but you trade it for Marquise Goodwin. You have J.J. Ortega-Whiteside still, who you spent a second-round pick on. You hope he gives you a reason to not need Alshon next year. And you have still a guy like Greg Ward, who was on a 1,000-yard pace, crazy enough. The dude comes off the practice squad, and in the last month of the season, he played really well. So I think there's work to be done long-term. 2020, I think they'll be okay. And again, they're just so much faster. And that is that's huge for Carson Wentz in this offense. It's going to open up so much. Well, I'm glad you mentioned Greg Ward Jr. Because it was fun watching him come up those last couple games. And, and as you mentioned, the pace that he put in and, and being the only guy that uh, they really could count on near the end. Uh, fun. But I want to jump over to the defense side. You guys, I mean, the big offseason get for you, I would assume, would be Darius Slay. Uh, but Nikel Roby Coleman, right next to him, former Los Angeles Ram. I know a lot of people were upset, including myself, to see the Rams cut him for $4 million, and then to see him to sign for $1 million. I felt like that was the greatest deal during this offseason. I think you're going to be really happy with him. But as you look at the defense as a whole, we talked about the offense. You see some explosiveness on that side. Is the defense, in your mind, better this year than they were last? Or, or how does that look for you? I think they are. And kind of like on offense, I thought speed was a huge necessity for the defense. Guys like DK Metcalf, Terry McLaurin, I mean, they ate up the Eagles last year. And especially their secondary, I am not a fan of letting Malcolm Jenkins go. But to me, even the secondary is vastly improved with bringing in Darius Slay, Nikel Roby Coleman. Uh, you re sign Roddy McLeod, you bring in Will Parks, the safety from the Denver Broncos. I think they're way more athletic and explosive on defense and I love the signing of Javon Hargrave the Steelers defensive tackle who I think is one of the most underrated players in the NFL now you've got Hargrave, Malik Jackson and Fletcher Cox inside with Brandon Graham on the outside and Derek Barnett I think the defense is a whole lot better again I think the Malcolm Jenkins decision to let him walk and now you know sign with the New Orleans Saints I thought that was a mistake but overall I think the defense is faster and just more talented they desperately needed a top corner they have not had a premier top cornerback that can just shadow a team's best player honestly probably Brad since Asante Samuel in a, in 2010 it's been that long yeah and and you talked about speed it sounds like both sides of the ball has are pointing in the up arrow when it comes to that category which should be fun yep. coming into this season and, and it's going to be a fun week too coming out to Philadelphia getting it out early no cold weather uh, which is exciting for Los Angeles when we saw that schedule. Uh, I really quick want to ask your thoughts, as they always hear my thoughts, uh, you know, our listeners about the Rams. When you take a look at the Los Angeles Rams from where they were the last couple of years, and even coming into this season, uh, how do you look at them as a football team, where they fit in in the division, and kind of even maybe a, a little glimpse into that Week 2 matchup? Yeah, so I still think this is a good football team that, again, in the modern playoff format, they would have made the playoffs last year. I think it's hard because you have to deal with, to me, two Super Bowl contenders in your division already with Seattle and San Francisco. And I really like 
Brad, I'm, I'm an Arizona Cardinals guy. I think they're going to be uh, a I'm team that you. surprises yeah. this year. I really do. I'm both to the football, and I love their pick of Isaiah Simmons in the first round. So I think the Rams are a good football team. I think like the Eagles, they're retooling right now. I don't think I don't think they're doing a re any meets. I think they're doing a retooling. And I don't know. I think they're going to be fresh this year. I think Sean McVay's offense is going to get better. Like you said, they ended it on a high note. I am skeptical. Like I, I think Jared Goff is a good quarterback, and I think if you have everything working like you did in 2018, I think he can get you to a Super Bowl. I do still wonder, though, and again, like it's hard when you have an offensive line that bad. I do still wonder, and that, like you said in segment one, I mean, this year you're really going to find out, is he a guy that you win because of rather than just you can win with? I totally, I totally understand that. I've been breaking that down since he's gotten here. <laughs> Um, but he's shown us some some good playoff runs, and I totally agree with that. Yeah, but sure. um, it's always interesting to kind of get the view of the other hosts as they're kind of looking across the country. Uh, like I said, they always hear what I have to say. Um, but I'm excited for this Week 2 matchup. It's going to be fun. It's actually one. My buddy's out in Hawaii. He's a big Eagles fan, and he was calling me up and said, I saw the schedule. You interested in going yeah. to Philly? And I was like, well, if this thing settles down, our world can get to where we can get back on a plane. Uh, I'm definitely down for it because that would be a fun away game. But uh, I really appreciate you jumping on the mic, talking some football. I'm excited for when we get to that game, whenever it may be, to get back on the mic and kind of look at where uh, some of these conversations went and who's made the roster and where we're sitting at when it comes to week two. It's going to be a fun matchup out in Philadelphia. But I appreciate your time and look forward to talking to you again. Yeah, Brad, it's always a fun matchup between the Eagles and Rams. And, uh, you know, we'll be talking again in the regular season. Hopefully this all, you know, just passes by and you can get down to Lincoln Financial Field because it's a fun stadium to be at as long as you're not a fan of an NFC East team. <laughs> there you go. That's all. That's I'll just wear like I I hate the Giants. I hate yeah. the Cowboys shirt and, and I'll go. fit, fit in with my Rams hat because that logo, man, I don't know how much, uh, you know, stuff I'm going to be wearing for the Rams this upcoming season. We'll see. They, they're. There's leaks that the jerseys are coming. We'll have to wait and see. But always good talking to you, and we'll, we'll talk to you here soon. Absolutely, Brad. Always fun chatting with Louie. And tomorrow, we are crossing it over. Locked on. Redskins will be on the show. We will be talking about what is going on in that division and where do they fit in. So stick with us. Maybe we'll be talking about some uniforms that came out. I don't know. I'm just hoping because I just want to see them. I think we're all tired of it. But that will be on the show if necessary. But with that said, Rams Nation, you know what it is. Until next time. Peace. Hey, Locked On listeners, you already love our network of NFL shows, so why go anywhere else for the fantasy football information you need to know for the 2020 season? You just need to check out Locked On Fantasy Football, hosted by me, Vinny Iyer. We're counting down to the season by breaking down players and teams every day. It's no-nonsense, straight-to-the-point, smart fantasy football analysis that has only two goals in mind, helping you dominate your drafts and win your league championship. That's Locked On Fantasy Football, only on the Locked On Network.